Welcome to Hitachi Solutions Podcast. Join us as we talk with our skilled professionals and experts, exploring how customers like you are delivering business outcomes, tackling business challenges, and accelerating their business initiatives, leveraging Microsoft applications and technologies. Hello, welcome to Exchanges with Hitachi Solutions. I'm your host, Brad Kuntz. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we've got a great topic today. The, the, today's topic is defining what digital front door means for you and your organization. Uh, I've got some great guests here today. I'll let them introduce themselves. Uh, first of all, uh, Jonathan, we've, we've talked on this on this show uh, pretty times. recently. But welcome back. Yeah. Howdy, howdy. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Yunt, Industry Director with Hitachi Solutions, focused on the healthcare and insurance industries. Uh, been with Hitachi for about three and a half years, been within the Microsoft channel for, gosh, I don't want to date myself, I think 13 years now. So um, I, I've, I'm 28, so I started when I was 15. That's 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 a great. That's like you're you're like the you're like the Doogie Howser of uh, enterprise much, software. Pretty much. I like it. <laughs> that's great. And also joining us, uh, Leah Bowling. Welcome. Thanks, Brad. Hey guys, Leah Bowling here. I've been with Hitachi for about a decade, um, working primarily in the insurance and healthcare sector. And before that, I was a user of the um, Dynamic Stack, the Microsoft Stack. Um, so been in the channel about the same amount. I'm 27 though. I'm younger than Jonathan. <laughs> I'm, I'm 27. <laughs> Another Doogie Howser success story. This is great. It's, it's amazing. It's on the same it's podcast amazing. too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for the kid because I, I felt like he kind of missed the he, he he missed some childhood. He missed the the college experience. You know, I just never felt great about that story. I, agree. I felt guilty. I, already, you know, yeah, I enjoyed college. It was a good four years. So yeah. I I definitely felt like he had a lot of pressure so early, so young, yeah, so much pressure. Yeah. Who's who's gonna let a fifteen year old? You can't even drive a car. You know how how are you? Yeah. Like, who's going to let them make that kind of decision, though? I, I not me. He was adulting all. way I'll early. Skip. Yeah, Poor he was adulting way early. I'd ask Poor for yeah. another. I'd ask for a second and a third opinion if need be. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I concur. Well, I concur. Um, <clears throat> thanks for joining the Doogie Hauser uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, today we're talking about digital front door, and I'll I'll make a I'll make a confession. Uh, I wanted to make sure that that I got the definition of this correct before we had this conversation. And so I, I binged it as one does. Uh, and I got a whole lot of uh, information about um, door locks on your front door uh, that have digital combinations. And I don't think that's what we're talking about here today. It's not, Brad. It's not. No. Uh, but there, you're not alone in the confusion. I think that's why we're all here, because it's not uncommon that it's a buzzy word and people are talking about it, but everyone's got a different flavor and definition. And it sounds like Bing's got its own flavor and definition. So not it's a common problem. <laughs> Bing does that. So 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 tell me a little bit about um, first of all, I, you know, defining what digital front door is is important. It's and it's super important for for what Hitachi Solutions does as an organization. And when we do start having those conversations with our customers about digital front door, what is that? What is that like? What is the what is the response from from folks in the in the field that are having to uh, ask these questions and really kind of define what this is? So I think that it, it's it is something that everyone's got a different flavor or version of. And uh, at the crux of it, though, is the 
the intent behind it is to improve uh, the member's experience, the patient's experience, the constituent's experience interacting with our organization. That's the whole point. That's what everyone's grand goal is. That's the, you know, that, that's the vision is, and a lot of times we hear it boil down to make us easier to do business with. Um, that might be a way that they kind of describe it, but that's the goal. And conceptually, um, you know, we've kind of put all this tech around interacting with our constituents, whether it's your portal or it's your phone or it's your, um, you know, texting or the web app. And um, and so they're they're trying to get their arms wrapped around how many different ways you might interact with that organization and and how many different experiences you might have in in those various different components. And so the digital front door, by some definition, by by my version of it, represents all of those channels and the ability to have a consistent look and feel and smell across all of those channels so that you, you know, walk in the proverbial front door and feel like, you know, it's your neighborhood uh, shoe store. Or it's your neighborhood, you know, insurance broker and they know you Honestly, and they know your family. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. your neighborhood pharmacy. And so, I mean, that's that's the goal. That's what they're trying to do. And that's oftentimes the theme of the conversation. Help us be better. Help us be easier to do business with across the multi-channel. But not everyone agrees that it's multi-channel. Not everyone agrees that it's all channels. And that's okay, too. Um, and I know Jonathan's talked to some customers who um, think it's a more more these channels and not those channels or, or different flavors of it. But I think that's the, um, you know, that's kind of the crux um, of the of the digital front door at large. Yeah, it's, it's that engagement, Brad, as Leah is saying, it's that consistent engagement and, and it's that experience uh, for our constituents. She she hinted at it. It's it's the external constituents. Uh, and so if I'm a, a, a provider, uh, you know, it's our, our patients or it could even be, you know, a, a referring provider or, you know, you think of all the different relationships that a, a, a you know, provider group is going to have. It's the ability for them to have a consistent engagement model for us, regardless of channel. Uh, and then the inverse is also true. So you want to have a very uh, friendly experience and and you know intuitive experience and and you know not what's in it for me kind of perspective for your internal constituents, your your users that are supporting that digital front door. It needs to make sense and and be thorough and applicable for them as well. So we, we hosted a, a webinar recently, um, really focused on digital front door for uh, for healthcare. And one of the poll questions that we had was, um, <clears throat> does your organization have a cohesive definition of digital front door? As we're here trying to define that. Yeah. And uh, I was surprised about the number of organizations that said no, or that they're not sure, that it's not something that's been top of mind. Yeah, and I think that's sort of what uh, sort of what we're helping organizations unpack because it's not uncommon that we come to the table with, um, you know, and, and if you think about the problem set, if you truly mean all experiences across your organization, it's multi-department. You're talking about member services, you're talking about the product team, the marketing team, maybe the billing team, the scheduling team. It's a lot of different departments involved in that touch point with the consumer. And so um, that's why you get so many different definitions of it or not a cohesive one because there's a lot of opinions in the room of what their perspective on it is. And so we are oftentimes trying to help our clients just get to a single definition. And the best advice that we can give is that we don't necessarily believe there is one right definition because even even the the experts and the third party research firms and the McKinsey's of the world, um, you know, they all kind of differ a little bit. 
our main goal is just have a singular one at your company. Just mm -hmm. make sure it's the same, even if it's not the same as this other company, make sure it's the same internally and you're good to go because um, because there's so many different departments involved that um, just getting everyone on the same page is really your first step and, and, and sometimes the hardest step because it's, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of leaders uh, trying to all come to the table and figure out where we're going to invest or spend money. And um, just getting that definition right and and cohesive is is a is a big step. The the poll kind of alluded to that, Brad. Yeah. So so when when we think about that and we think about de defining, um, I, I mean, are we talking about this because these organizations have a lot of uh, have a lot of constituents, right? So you've got patients, you've got physicians, you've got employees, you've got payers. So, so that that kind of complex matrix of relationships has got to be tough to keep that definition straight. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so it, it, Leah kind of hinted at it. It's it's a matter of you know who is if I'm if I'm an internal constituent, I'm a user, and I'm logging in to support, uh, or or you know I, I need to support for let's say I'm in care management and I need to support. The social workers, the school that you know my patient is is uh, where my my patient attends, uh, the the parents and the guardians. All, think of all those different people that need to engage with me, and I need to support. That that is uh, you know, selfishly as a leader of the care management or department, I'm going to have my my team and uh, and what what's best for them in mind and at heart. And so it really goes to that singular definition. And and you can have you know that singular definition, but have it support the different departments in different ways as well. Yeah, and I think if you look at the macro level of all organizations, not just healthcare, you're always for the most part going to have your customers, your partners that you do business with, and then your employees. And each one of them has a different stake or a different front door they're walking through, if you will, when they interact with your company. And um, and those are kind of the three large macro buckets that you just need to make sure to take into account uh, when when you are when you are defining this. And, and you have along those lines, you have that that kind of flow. If mm -hmm. I'm if I'm this particular mm -hmm. partner and I need to do X, I know I need to do boom, boom, boom these steps. And that that's that's part of that vision, that defining that workflow that we we talk about that we have with our customers as part of our advisory services. And we say, look walk us through. I mean, I know as, as, a, as a member uh, of our health insurance company, I log in, I need to see these claims, I need to see my EOBs, I need to see, you know, mm -hmm. review anything that's my responsibility, maybe I need to uh, file an appeal. I, I just had to file an appeal the other day, and that's why I'm referencing that. But you think about, you know, as, as you're walking through those steps, you, you have to put yourself, whether it's interviewing an actual external constituent, a member of, of your health plan, uh, or or kind of putting yourself in the shoes of that of that person, you know that's 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 what we help our organizations do, our customers do. Jonathan, you mentioned something there um, that that I think is worth um, clicking on is, and that's you mentioned advisory services because as you're talking about these multiple types of workflows that we've got to help our clients understand. Um, having some having a function for business advisory there is crucial. I would have to think because yeah. you've got you've got change management that's going to go along. You also have, uh, you know, you know, just just process, process, process that you've got to get completely right. 
Um, but also, I would think that there is a, a user experience um, piece of this that's that really, to me, it's if you talk about all the pieces of this, to me, that's kind of the defining thing, right? That's we, the gel. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that, without that, you know, if it's, if it's, it could be the the prettiest Excel spreadsheet you've ever seen, but if it's hard to use, <laughs> you know, it's going to blow up. And and I, right. and and so having that that advisory service, you're right. It, it's not just you know uh, you know the consulting piece, but it's also looking at the change management. So yep. how is that going to impact our internal and external constituents? What's the user experience? So how you know as as few clicks as possible. That's crucial. Uh, you know, having to do 20 clicks to, to get to the endpoint that that's going to drive anybody insane. So, yeah, that that's all that's all part and parcel of of what we deliver and how we help our our, our clients delight their clients. Now, I think that brings up a good, a really good point because it, we often will work with an organization who has a good CSAT score, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's positive. And so yep. they're kind of wondering how do they improve or move the needle on their CSAT score? But when we peel back the onion, what you discover is um, they have a terrible website, but when the person called in and talked to the rep, the rep was extremely well-trained. And so they were delightful on the phone. It took them a while to get to the information, but they were helpful. They got to the answer that they needed. And so the scores can be a little tricky because a true holistic approach includes OCM, in that training component, and includes the adoption. It includes also the really good looking website. And so sometimes even the scores themselves that the company is receiving can be a little deceiving because they get constant complaints about the website, mm -hmm. yet their CSAT scores are high and they're going, what's going on here? And it's because a true true digital front door strategy is a real holistic approach. It mm -hmm. does require advisory services. It does require good internal training. And it also requires really good experiences, nice, easy to use portals, apps, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's oftentimes another area of confusion for our clients because you got to kind of peel through some of the information and data Data, um, to really see where the money and investment needs to be spent to move to move the needle or to elevate the experience up. Yeah, and, and I think that when when you kind of put all that together, um, and you're and you're talking about the CSAT scores, and it's not always just the digital side. Sometimes it can be the fact that they've got excellent customer service. I mean, it, that stretches beyond healthcare, right? And, and insurance. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably some we could probably think of some consumer goods examples of, uh, of things you know, like, I've got one. <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> you know, I've got one around shoes, Brad. You know, I've always worked. It's always about the shoes, right? <laughs> it always. So for those in the audience, every time Brad and I talk, he swears that every conversation ends with shoes. And somehow it magically does. I don't know how, but I, you know, I'm going to you know, I'm going to bring up shoes. <laughs> Well, and that's a good point too, Brad, because a lot of the pressure in healthcare is coming from retail. It's coming from right. the Ubers, the Amazon apps, because people, consumers have been interacting with those experiences and are looking now to healthcare and insurance and these regulated industries and going, come on guys, like what we expect better. We have higher expectations. We've, we're getting this great white glove service over here. And yet I call you guys and I have to repeat my information 15 times. So that's exactly where the pressure is coming from. And, um, and I've got a, a great digital front door, you know, example. And I think oftentimes we hear the bad ones, but 
Um, that's that's really the North Star is how retail's been doing it for years and years. And the experience you have with um, with the retailers that do it really well in that consumer market and the pressure that's really driving this, um, you know, plus plus the remote world we all found ourselves in recently. Um, but that's where the pressure is coming from. That's where the you know, that's where that elevated experience expectation is coming from. So I'll share my shoe story. And then I think Jonathan's got a another one in a in a different bent for his digital front door. Yeah, the, the inverse, inverse, the yeah. inverse. So um, I ordered some shoes online for my husband from Zappos and um, and then they needed to be returned. They didn't fit or whatever. And so he decided he was just going to call, just going to call the 1-800 number or whatever it is instead of, um, you know, trying to find the email and do all that. He just said, I want to talk to someone, you know, I'm just going to get this done. So he calls and um, the rep's last name happened to also be Bowling. And so they played the name game for, you know, a couple minutes trying to see if we were like commonly related to anybody. And then um, she had done an ancestry, you know, tree and then told them the origins of the name. And I mean, they had a lovely, a lovely conversation for half an hour. And he gets off the phone and I'm like, who have you been chatting with for <laughs> for half an hour? Jake at State and he Farm. said, well, yeah. exactly. Jake at State <laughs> Farm. And he was like, you know, I um, I just returned the shoes and it was great. And I have some origin information about our name. And so I think that is what they're trying to recreate. When you used to shop on Main Street, you know, you'd walk into the local pharmacy and they knew you and they knew your personal story and your family and your kids. And you might have even had an account. They just put things on. And I think that we've lost a lot of that with the, um, you know, the transitory nature of our world and with how digital our world has become. And so they want to bring back that vibe, the Zappos vibe of let's have a let's have a real human to human conversation. I know you are trying to transact something here. You're trying to transact the return of some shoes, um, but let's just talk. Let's just be humans. And um, and what does that look like? And so I think that's a perfect example of a very positive digital front door experience. It was over a digital channel, um, you know, and and he and he walked away feeling great. And now, you know, is a proponent for me buying more shoes online, which I'm happy about, too. <laughs> that's 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 incredible that that was your takeaway. <laughs> that was my takeaway. That's what I that was my takeaway. <laughs> I think I think what's key, though, to to add on to that, Brett, is that it's it's, you know, being able to transition from that asynchronous she probably did you buy it online the, the shoes mm -hmm. from their website i there? did i right. had a complete then, digital transaction no human being it, that's right and then it escalated to a synchronous but there's a similar experience i think that is is crucial yeah. that's a that's mm -hmm. a point that we should probably uh extrapolate a bit here is that you know doesn't matter how whether it's telephonically or text mm -hmm. or chat you want to have that consistent experience for both your employees and your 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 customers, and and, and so <laughs> it's a good segue to, to my story. I, I you know I they were I I have a, a spammy dermatologist in northern New Mexico uh, that <laughs> that you know anytime I I whether I so I'll call for an appointment for my son uh, for some sort of checkup or for myself, and literally no no short of <clears throat> Four, four text messages two days beforehand, uh, one after, another after, hey, your bill's ready, hey, uh, can you take this quick survey? Uh, oh. and, or, and then I'll get a phone call to confirm the appointment as well. So I'll say one, you know, I'll get the text, I'll say, yep, I'm going, and then I'll get a, a follow-up uh, phone call. And that, you know, 
I, I use that quite often as a story with our, our, our clients because it's, you know, nobody wants to, to receive that spammy uh, notifications from, from a dermatologist. Yeah, maybe, thirsty. You know, He's maybe, thirsty, Jonathan. Yes, That's a maybe, thirsty dermatologist. <laughs> if, you saw, if you saw the picture, Lee, you, you, the picture says a thousand words. Yes, thirsty indeed. But, um, but you know, and, and nobody wants to have, to be that person. You want to have that you know, that clean experience where, mm -hmm. hey, look, at there's, you know, it's almost like it's, you've got that, that preference stored. Hey, this person, don't call them. You can text them, text them once and then be done with it. And and having that kind of awareness and, and personalization is, is what's going to really elevate that, that, uh, the standing for that organization. That's such a good point, because I think if I had to just guess what's gone down there, he probably purchased some sort of automation software that sent out alerts to everyone in the exact same way, in the exact same category, the yep. exact same number of them. Yeah. And I bet I've got a friend of mine who has like a whole bunch of kids and she would love 15 reminders because she forgets things every mm -hmm. five seconds because she's got kids all over the place and she forgets her own birthday. So she probably would love the 15 notifications. That's her personal preference. Yeah. And then you've got other people who are like, I'm good with one notification via text, just one. I need it three days before and I'm good to go. And so the I really think getting back to that more holistic approach with some advisory consulting that takes a step back and says, all right, there's a lot of tech that can solve this problem or help solve these problems. But let's be thoughtful about the personalization of and it's not a one size fits all. Jonathan, let him have his preferences this way and then let the busy mom with a bunch of kids who loves multiple notifications have her preferences that way. And I think it, it really just speaks to, you know, how how even putting some tech on it and throwing some tech at it might have helped a little bit, but for a lot of people, that's way too much. I don't need 15 notifications. Yeah. Yep. So again, that holistic advisory approach to personalize it, I think is really the key here. I think that's what makes it successful, makes it sticky for the individual. If we really are going after, you know, the personalization and the really walking in your front door off a of main street, if that's really what you're after, yeah. then it's got to be a well-rounded approach. I mean, it's, I can't, you know. It's process before tech, you know, you, you want to have that yeah. mapped out and, 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 and the, the dermatologist, God bless him, he, you know, they, they, they bought the technology without really considering the process. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that's, that's great. And Jonathan, as you were telling the story, I was thinking the exact same thing. I've got some, some uh, medical professionals in my life that, that do the same thing. And I, and I just, and I just know uh, that they went out and bought some pretty good tech at some point. Mm -hmm. And um, they are not considering that, you know, that it's, that's just really processed before tech and, and you've got to um, understand what the outcome that you want is before you, before you put those things into play. And just because you have a tool doesn't mean you have to use it yeah. every day. Fraud, uh, fraud alerts. Fine. Great. Yeah. Send me 10, 10, 10 text messages. You know, my, my son somehow got a hold of my credit card and bought, you know, 10,000 video games on Amazon. Sure. Alert me right. to that. Right? Right. <laughs> you know? I, well, I that's great, yeah, guys. Overkill on the fraud. Me. We're all in agreement for that. All sure. good for I, the, it's yeah, a penny over. The fraud alert. All right. Okay. The eyes guys, have it. Yeah. Uh, great, great conversation today. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, just a couple of quick takeaways uh, from today's conversation. First of all, uh, make sure that you're defining uh, what digital front door is, and you as an organization can kind of come to agreement on that. Uh, I think it's so important when we're talking about uh, new ways of looking at tech. 
um, that we that we have a common language and, and you can't really uh, you can't really embark on anything until you can have that kind of agreement internally. So that, that's really the first one. And then then secondly, the importance of of change and process and user experience in these things um, is it's so very important. And the in the the last kind of bad example that we just listened to was a case where uh, the tech was there, but the the other pieces around change process and user experience just uh, just wasn't. And it's really kind of summed up uh, by Jonathan a second ago is that process before tech. And um, and join us next time as we take a deeper dive into Doogie Hauser and uh, other other great sitcoms from from the eighties. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you next time. Bye, gang. We are Hitachi Solutions, a global team of innovators who support our customers' data and business system modernization initiatives. 